0: Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as his people. In this episode we will explore the deeper, hidden meanings of the name of God as he revealed to Moses and how these point to the triune Godhead. We read in Exodus 3, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Given the impossible task of comprehending an unsearchable God, Moses' question is sensible. The God of Israel is not an abstraction. We are obligated to pray to Him and are encouraged to sense His divine intervention in our lives. And Jesus walked on the earth over 2,000 years ago, God incarnate. We read in John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here's the great paradox, fully God and fully man. And yet, God is not a man, nor can we understand him as having any human attributes. No, man is made in his image, and we are the ones with human traits that God created. So let's read Moses' dialogue with God in Exodus chapter 3. And so God said, Vayomer, to Moses, I am who I am, Ehieh Asher ehiyeh. And he said, Vayomer, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am Ehieh. Ehieh has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Vayomer, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Now, God's response is highly enigmatic. So we use rabbinic midrash to help us interpret this dialogue between God and Moses and its application to the naming of God. Moses has asked a question. But God does not appear to be answering in a way that we can comprehend. So how are we to know and understand God's name? The first thing to pay attention to in this scripture verse is the repetition of words. God said to Moses, Vayomer Elohim el-Mosheh Moshe." is commonly understood by the rabbis that when a word like Vayomer, translated as said to, is repeated, the text needs to be expounded. Since the word Vayomer is used three times in succession without any intervening speech or action on the part of Moses or the part of God, we need to gain an understanding of this repetition. The rabbinical assumption is there is a missing narrative in the scripture. But I believe there is actually a deeper explanation. Let us explore God's name. God said, I am who I am. Rabbi Bar Memel writes that God's response to Moses is not an answer, but a correction. God is telling Moses, I am not called by a name, but rather, I am called according to my deeds. God has many names, but none can fully characterize his essence or his nature. There are no less than 72 biblical references to the name of God, and most of these refer to his attributes. For example, Yehovah Yireh is the God who sees. Rabbi Yitzchak, on the other hand, says that God's response is not a correction, but rather a statement. Say to them, I am the one who was, I am the one who is now, and I am the one who will be in the future. Jesus himself told us in Revelation chapter 1, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Rabbi Yaakov says that God's answer means, I will be with them now just as I will be with them later. And he further refines his answer by articulating, Say to them in this enslavement, I will be with them. And they will go into enslavement in the future, and I will be with them. This sounds like a response to God's assurance and comfort for His people. Jesus told us in Matthew 28, Observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Rabbi Yitzchak refines his opinion with another explanation. He says Ehiyeh is derived from the Hebrew root letters E, hey, Vav, He, with the meaning of in trouble or evil I will be with them, and translates as I was broken. So he explains the Lord is saying to Moses, tell the children of Israel that I will be with them in their brokenness and trouble. But there's a complication in Rabbi Yitzhak's answer in that it doesn't work grammatically in Hebrew. He is a first-person, future, conjugation of either the Hebrew root heyyud he or vav he, and translated accurately actually has to mean I will be broken. Now, the rabbis attribute this brokenness to the Jewish people, and to an extent, this is true. But the scriptures are clear. Isaiah 53, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. On the night of the Passover, when Jesus made the new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, he told his disciples, and we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, the Son of God, was broken for our iniquity. So therefore, the deeper explanation of God's response to Moses aligns perfectly with the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three times God says to Moses, Vayomer. And it is not just three responses, but it is each of the three parts or persons of the Godhead responding to Moses. Let's summarize and expand our understanding with Scripture. Tell the children of Israel, I am their heavenly father, and by these attributes my character is known. In John chapter 1, we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, For he is the image of the invisible God, the first born over all creation. The second part, tell the children of Israel, I am the Holy Spirit, their comforter, and I will be with them in their trouble and evil. We read in John chapter 14, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. And the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And lastly, tell the children of Israel, I am the Son of God, and I will be broken for their iniquity. In Matthew 26, we read, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Wow. Spend a few moments just meditating on the significance of this revelation there's actually even more to understand. The Lord said to Moses, I will be with them in their brokenness and trouble. And this is a problematic statement because Moses is being asked to tell the children of Israel that they are now being freed from slavery and oppression in Egypt only to experience more trials and tribulations in the future. And how often have we actually thought ourselves, Well, the Lord has saved me. I have my eternal salvation. And now I can live a light of comfort in the Lord. But Jesus told us in John 16, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, suffering is not natural for us, nor is it something we desire. But the scriptures are clear. In Philippians chapter 1, it says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Christ was broken for us. Now we who are in Christ will be broken for Him. And it's not really an option, but a necessity for complete transformation into His perfect image. In 1st Titus chapter 1, it says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And we are to be like Christ in every way, little Christs, who when the world sees our selfless love, even in the face of death and persecution, that they will know that we are Jesus' disciples. So will you be counted worthy to suffer for him? Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. And in Romans five we read, for we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. So therefore let us fully surrender to God's will and be transformed into the image of Christ so that we also may become like Him, broken servants who would suffer and give our lives to save a lost and dying world. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.